tombstones in the backyard. Ugh. Trust me, I know how creepy that sounds, but it's true. Somehow, my father and mother got permits to have their own private cemetery 70 feet from their back deck. In Pasadena, California, something like that would have been unheard of. But apparently, the state of Maine doesn't do things quite the same way as the rest of the world. I guess when you live on a hill in the Maine woods, nobody really cares what you do. It had been almost a year since my mother died of the same disease that took my father, lung cancer. My brother Ray and I had so far been spared, which was miraculous given that my mother used to smoke four packs a day, which basically meant she had smoke coming out of her mouth from the time she got up in the morning until the time she went to bed at night. My father, on the other hand, had never smoked a cigarette in his life. Thanks to my mother, though, he had inhaled the smoke from thousands of them over their 37 years of marriage. I wondered if she had died first. Would he have had nicotine withdrawal? Maybe enough to need the patch? Since he wound up occupying space under the backyard tombstones five years before she did, we would never know. I settled into my father's Adirondack chair, the last one he built before his ruined lungs made it too hard for him to walk up and down the stairs from his basement workshop. For some reason, his chair seemed a lot more comfortable than the ones he had given Peter and me nearly a decade before at his cookout. I could still see my father wearing that silly John Deere chef's hat as he expertly flipped grilled burgers and hot dogs during our one visit back to Maine. Eat, eat, I remember him saying to me several times that weekend. It'll put a little meat in those... pecs. I smiled. My dad knew I had been insecure about my chest size, mostly because of a certain jerk of a husband who couldn't keep his eyes off from anything larger than an A-cup. Little did my dad know that it wouldn't be his burgers, but a surgeon named Andre that would finally solve that problem for me. I chuckled at the irony and winced. I was still a little tender from having the damn implants removed almost three months to the day after Peter left me for one of his undergrad students, a flat-chested girl with hair as orange as a crayon. I lifted my arm, stretched my left shoulder, and gently massaged the narrow scar under my breast. It was getting better, but I wouldn't be playing volleyball anytime soon. That caused another solitary chuckle. Volleyball in Maine. That was about as likely as cell phone service north of the Auburn-Lewiston area, which is to say not likely at all. Horseshoes and square dancing were about the only two things to do in Menion Falls, Maine, and I wasn't all that sure about the square dancing. From what I remembered, what little exercise most people got around here was from either making kids or chasing them. Fortunately, I had left in time to avoid making any though the Robinson brothers and I had sure done our share of practicing. Had anyone been able to hear my thoughts, I would have blushed. An acorn struck the deck. I glanced up in confusion. The only tree in our yard, a large oak, was twenty feet away, just far enough so that no branches actually overhung the deck. I kicked the net off into the grass and returned to thoughts of the twisted childhood love triangle that still made me feel like a tramp. Though I had never dated both Robinson brothers at the same time, I used to swap one for the other on a regular basis. It made for some high drama in Menion Falls, that much was sure. The brothers had sent each other to the emergency room more than once because of me. When I finally hooked up and moved away with my college writing professor, the brothers were still at war. I knew I probably should have felt guiltier, but, born almost nine months apart to the day, the brothers had been beating the tar out of each other as far back as anyone could remember. And since I hadn't dated either one of them until we were in the fifth grade, I figured their problems were less about me and more about just plain hating each other. I often wondered if it had something to do with how much alike they looked. That's how Jason first got me to swap from Johnny to him, by fooling me into thinking he was Johnny one night. 
After a while, I learned to tell the difference, but most people couldn't. I've since met identical twins that didn't look nearly as much alike as Jason and Johnny. It was hard to believe that 15 years had passed. The brothers were probably both married and sharing family vacations by now. The thought came with a certain sense of relief. In the last two years of high school, their fights over me had gotten out of control. More than once, I felt certain that one of them was going to kill the other. Then I started attending classes at the University of Maine and met... Peter. Just thinking his name made me want to scream. How had I let him pick me up like some novelty at a Maine gift shop I'd never know? Worse was the way I'd let him discard me the same way. Ooh! Two more acorns fell at my feet. Not caring where they came from, I kicked them off the deck like a soccer star. The jolting motion sent two spike-like pangs right into my surgery scars.